Uh, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 20. You can turn there uh, in your copy of God's Word, Exodus chapter 20. We're continuing on in our series on the Ten Commandments. And this morning, we'll be looking at verse 15 in the commandment, Do not steal. I'd like to begin reading, though, in Exodus 20. Begin with verse 1, as we've been doing, kind of, uh, again, reading through the Ten Commandments as given in the book of Exodus chapter 20. So beginning with verse 1, follow along. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You should not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments." Verse 7, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day it's a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates." For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Verse 12, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. These are the ten commandments that the Lord gave to Moses, to the nation of Israel, that would be written on the stone tablets by the finger of God and commandments that we're revisiting in this series. The list is there for you on the screen. Go ahead and throw that up there. Don't worship any other gods. Don't make idols. Do not misuse the name of the Lord. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false witness. Do not covet. As we've mentioned from the outset, it's interesting because nine of these ten commands would be re-emphasized and reiterated in the New Testament scriptures. The one that was not is the keeping of the Sabbath day. Uh, and, And it's interesting as we've looked at all of these commands... Um, We find that the commands that God had given in the Old Testament scriptures here, these 10, which really um, helped to encompass over 600 Old Testament commands and laws that were given, uh, then are summarized again, if you will, in the New Testament scriptures where Jesus is going to provide the two great commandments that we'll look at in just a little bit. Uh, But what's interesting to me is the commands given here in the Old Testament, these 10 as well as the primary two that Jesus would emphasize in the new of loving the Lord our God and loving our neighbor as ourselves, keeping these commands, keeping the, the nine of the Ten Commands as given and reemphasized in the New Testament Scriptures, if we are doing that, you and I as believers in Christ will be living in a very countercultural way. 
As you read through the list of commands, and every week as we've looked at these commands, we can find that these commands are not standards or commands necessarily that culture and society and the world in which we find ourselves living are holding in high value or high esteem. Uh, We can work our way right through the list and see how culturally and society-wise these things are not standards that are being kept or being followed. And sadly, even within the church, too often these commands are broken uh, in, in ways that shouldn't be happening. Just last week as we looked at the command of do not commit adultery, um, you know, it's a command that God has clearly given and that we would say as a, as a church and as followers of Christ, amen to. And yet there are so many accounts of, of adulterous relationships and the breaking of this command, not only in the world, but within the church. So much of what God has said is, is so countercultural to the society we find ourselves living in. And so as believers in Christ, our commitment is not to the culture, our commitment is to the Lord to the standards that God has given. And at the same time, seeking to impact the culture, those within the culture that we want to impact with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's focus in on this command number eight, do not steal. Do not steal. Exodus twenty fifteen. you shall not steal. Uh, it'd be easy with a lot of the commands, this one included, to kind of sit back and relax and be like, man, this is great because this doesn't affect me in any way, shape, or form because I'm not a thief. I don't steal anything. Maybe. Maybe. A few weeks ago, we were over my sister's house uh, for Mother's Day. Uh, my parents were there. My sisters were there. My family was there. Everybody was there. And we were, we were having dinner together, and it was time to leave. And at the conclusion of the dinner, it's time to leave. My youngest daughter, Leah, who was four years old, uh, came downstairs from playing, and she was sitting on Shoshana's lap, and she was getting her shoes on. And as she was getting her shoes on, we noticed uh, her sock looked a little bit different than it should have looked. She, her, her sock's probably are about like that big. Like she has real small feet. And, and so her sock was there. And what she had done is a mirror that she was playing with upstairs. One of those mirrors that has a handle and it's round on top. Like one of those like princess mirrors that you would look at. I look at them all the time. Just, just observe. She had that mirror stuffed in her sock to try to take home with us. Now, it was a humorous sight because, again, her socks are about that big and the mirror's like that big. And she had that thing stuffed in her sock. And she's sitting there, and Shoshana saw it. And I didn't see it at first. Shoshana saw it, and she kind of got my attention. And as I looked over, I could see Aaliyah doing this, like, shh, don't tell anyone. And, and Shoshana talking to her, and then there was, like, instant tears because she knew she was doing something she shouldn't do. So she took that mirror out of her sock and kind of slipped it over to her cousin, who it belonged to, and, and kind of like walked back over like nothing happened. And I remember sitting there I remember thinking, you little thief. Like as I, as I saw that, she's four. She was trying to swipe this mirror, like to bring it home with her because she wanted it. And, and she knew it was wrong. Like that's the incredible thing about it is that she knew it wasn't hers, she knew if she came to us and was like, I want to take this mirror home, we'd be like, honey, that's not your mirror. You can't take that. So what did she do? She stuffed it in her sock and thought she was concealing this thing. And then when she was found out and caught, she knew right away. We didn't have to tell her, honey, you are not supposed to do that. She already knew that. She's a little thief, right, when I saw that. And, and a couple things dawned on me as I was thinking through that because I knew I was going to be preaching on do not steal. And the first thing I thought was a great illustration for like the beginning of the message. That's the way, like my mind is a password when things happen. I'm like, oh man, that illustrates that great. I'm going to have to use that. But as I was watching that, I was thinking there's a couple things that came to my mind. First, 
I encourage you with this reality as, as one of your pastors, there was never a time I sat down with my daughter and I'm like, honey, if you want to steal a mirror, here's what you need to do. Like, I didn't, I didn't teach her that. I never sat down with her and said, these are the socks you want to wear. This is where you want to put it. No one will see it. That was not a taught behavior, okay? Never taught it. She didn't have to be taught that. I also didn't have to teach her that if someone has something that you want and it's not yours, take it. I didn't teach her that. My wife didn't teach her that. She just already had those thoughts and desires even within her. I didn't have to teach those things to her. No one had to teach those things to her. That's just her nature, as it is your nature and mine. Apart from Christ, that's our nature. Paul would say it this way in Ephesians chapter 4, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Let's just stop there for a minute. What an encouraging statement, right? In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, Paul says, put off your old self, and then he describes it. Your old self belongs to your former manner of life. Oh, how would you describe our former manner of life, Paul, as corrupt through deceitful desires? That's who we were. Every one of us apart from Christ. Corrupt through deceitful desires. He says, put off that person. Verse 23, be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Verse 27, give no opportunity to the devil. What follows, verse 28, let the thief steal no longer. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. And here's where I I wanted to share this passage where Paul references this area of of stealing and let the thief steal no longer. The command given, eighth commandment, do not steal. It's one thing for you and I as believers in Christ to hear the command that was given by God of do not steal that was re-emphasized in the New Testament scriptures that Jesus would re-emphasize, that Paul would re-emphasize. It's one thing to hear that command and listen to that command and say, okay, I'm committed. I'm not going to steal because God has commanded me not to do that. But it's an entirely different thing to come to the understanding and realization as followers of Christ that that act or activity is associated or should be associated with who we once were, not who we are now. And what Paul says in Ephesians 4 is it's not just do not steal, although that's the command. It's not just do not steal and stop there. It's do honest work. Do good. Do honest work. Labor so that you may be able to have something to share with anyone in need. And here's the standard that God gives to us in the New Testament Scriptures. The standard that that would be displayed and modeled by the life of Christ and the commands that Christ would give and emphasize and that Paul the Apostle would give instruction regarding is he would take an Old Testament law and standard that God had set that still remains. Do not steal. This is displeasing to God. But then he would say to the believer in Christ who has the Spirit of God within him or her, he would say again to the follower of Jesus who has been made new, not only don't steal, but go beyond just not stealing and work hard And have something to give to those that are in need. God wants us to replace stealing, with which is who we once were, with giving. 
He wants us to replace taking what's not ours and belongs to someone else with working to get what we are desiring to have, but also then making it available to bless and help others. Do you see the huge divide and contrast between the old and the new? The do not steal and the do not steal, but also do honest work and provide for others. God gives a standard for you and I as believers in Christ that have been created in newness of life in Christ, that apart from him we could never keep. We could never keep. Now remember what we said at the beginning of the the series. The law was given, the law was given, the word of God tells us as a schoolmaster or a tutor to point us to Jesus. The purpose of the law was ultimately to show that we could not keep the law. No one could keep it fully. We needed Christ. And as we've looked through this this list of the Ten Commandments, if we're honest, probably with every single command, we have to be honest and be like, guilty, guilty, guilty. Have no other gods before me. Guilty. Anytime that I put something or elevate someone or something above or as more valuable or important than the Lord, I'm guilty. I haven't murdered anyone. What did Jesus say? I... You've heard it said, do not murder. But I say to you, if you look at your brother with hatred in your heart, you're guilty of this. I've never had an adulterous relationship before. What did Jesus say about that? You've heard it said, don't commit adultery. But I tell you, anyone who looks lustfully has already committed it in their heart. We're guilty. And yet, that points us to Christ in the necessity of forgiveness. A standard that now we have in Jesus that we previously did not. So let me just give us some truths regarding stealing this morning. I think that will be helpful. And then I want to give us some actions I think that would be helpful to take in the coming week. First of all, uh, first truth regarding stealing. Stealing is breaking the eighth commandment. We began here. Uh, This should go without saying because here we are in a series on the Ten Commandments. Number eight, do not steal. If you steal, you're breaking the eighth commandment. Deuteronomy 5.19, it's emphasized again. You shall not steal. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 11. You shall not steal. You shall not deal falsely. You shall not lie to one another. It's emphasized in the Old Testament scriptures. It's breaking of the eighth commandment. Now I want to revisit Exodus chapter 20 verses 1 and 2 for a minute because I want to to remind us again, and we've done this several times, about the giving of the commands. Look at how Exodus chapter 20 begins. And God spoke all these words. Understand the the commands that would follow and the standards that would be set, they have their origin, they have their their place of origin in God himself. God is the one giving this command. God is the one that is initiating these commands. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. God, in giving these commands, is reminding the people, the nation of Israel again about who he is, who they are, and what he has already done in their lives. And so as those that desire to be obedient to Almighty God, we obey his commands. And so stealing is breaking the eighth command. In Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 to 19, there's the rich young man that comes to Jesus and he asks him, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Jesus responds to him, why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. It's interesting to me because here's this rich young ruler who comes to Jesus and he calls him good teacher. He says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What good thing must I do? And Jesus responds to him and says, listen, there's no one good but one. There's no one good but one. And then 
what's fascinating about the passage is that the rich young ruler then proceeds to tell Jesus that he is good because he keeps all the commands. After Jesus already told him no one is good, he's like, but I am. And what does Jesus end up doing? He ends up revealing this man's heart and revealing the shortcomings in this man's life that, no, you are not perfectly good and you do not perfectly keep the commands that are given. But when he asks him, what should I do? Jesus says, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, don't murder don't commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus recounts for him these commands yet again, and including in that command that he, that he gives to the rich young ruler here is do not steal. Now here's why I share that, because sometimes it's easy when we read an Old Testament passage to say, hey, like that's for the Old Testament, that's for the people of Israel, that's not for us. Say, well, listen, Jesus would reemphasize again in the New Testament this necessity of obeying the commands, And so out of obedience to the Eighth Commandment, we do not steal. It's breaking of the Eighth Commandment. Secondly, stealing is breaking the first and second great commandments given by Jesus. So yes, it's a breaking of the Eighth Commandment, but it's also breaking the two great commandments that Jesus would give and emphasize. In Matthew chapter 22, 36 to 40, Teacher, what's the great commandment in the law? And Jesus would answer, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Jesus is saying, listen, if you're doing these two things, the others will follow. The others will be kept as well. Have you ever been traveling somewhere and you're following someone in front of you? You don't know where you're going. You don't have the ability, which now everybody does, but previously this was not the case, where you didn't have the ability to just pull up on your phone where you needed to go and access it that way. You were completely dependent upon following the person that's in front of you to get where you need to go. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Have you ever been in a situation like that where you're following them and you're right beside them and something happens where you get disconnected from following one another? And that feeling that comes in, and you're headed in a particular direction, you need to get there, And in order to get there, you need to follow the person in front of you and what they're doing and where they're going. And as soon as you lose sight of that, as soon as you miss that, as soon as you veer to the right or left and you can't follow them anymore, you're lost. Everything else gets disheveled if you can't keep following the person in front of you. In many ways, I believe that's what Jesus is saying about the two great commandments. He says, all of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments, to love the Lord our God and love our neighbor as ourselves. And if we are following those two and doing those two and keeping those two at the forefront of our vision, our mind, our heart, our actions, all of the others will follow as well. Does that make sense? Love the Lord your God, love your neighbor as yourself. To steal, to take something that's not ours from someone that it belongs to is to break the first commandment, and not loving the Lord our God because we're disobeying him. To steal and take something that's not not ours is breaking the second great commandment because we're not loving our neighbor if we're stealing from them. And so we're not only breaking the eighth commandment, but it's a breaking of the first and second great commandments. So often what comes with stealing and theft is a lack of trust, a lack of respect, a lack of love, selfishness, pride, arrogance thinking something that belongs to someone else can be taken and belong to ourselves. In Romans chapter 13, Paul said, Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has filled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. Love your neighbor as yourself. So Paul's even associating the command of do not steal and following that command with the command to love one another. 
Because you can't do these things if you're truly loving others. And so it's a breaking of the first and great commandments given by Jesus. Number three, stealing is breaking the tenth commandment. Look at verse 17 of Exodus 20. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Listen, it'd be easy to read that and be like, I don't know when the last time I really coveted anybody's donkey. Like, I, I, I don't struggle with that. The point of the passage isn't the specifics of a donkey or their ox or whatever it may be. The point of the passage is desirous of something that is not ours that belongs to our neighbor and ultimately that leads to action of taking. But the command is not even to covet. Not only don't take it, but don't covet it. Don't even within our heart and mind desire and, and contemplate and go after those things. But to steal is to break the 10th commandment. It's the action that follows the breaking of the 10th commandment, to take something that is not ours, desirous of it, and then taking it. It's pretty incredible when you consider this command, number eight, and all of the dominoes that fall, if you will, when we break the eighth commandment. Jesus would say in Matthew 15, 19, out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. You see, all of these Things here after the evil thoughts, the murder, the adultery, the sexual immorality, the theft, the false witness, the slander are actions that are taken or words that are spoken and they flow from the heart. It's a breaking of the 10th commandment when we break the 8th. Number four, stealing is to be part of our past, not our present as believers. We began by reading in Ephesians chapter 4 where Paul is going to call the believer to put off the old self. The old self that's described as corrupt through deceitful desires. And it's interesting to me because Paul is going to lay out a list of several areas here. He said, put away falsehood and speak truth. Be angry. Do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. And then when he gets to the thief about no longer stealing, as we've mentioned, he completely replaces that with instead labor. Labor. Work hard. Work honestly with your hands and then have something to share with those that are in need. It's to be a part of our past, not our present. As I was thinking through this, the passage came to my mind that I just think is so great. It's, it's such an encouraging passage and it's the, the crucifixion account of Jesus when Jesus is on the cross. And there are two different accounts I want to read a portion of this morning. In Matthew 27, listen to Matthew's description here in Matthew 27. It says, two robbers were crucified with Jesus, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by, as Jesus was hanging on this cross, derided him, wagging their heads, saying, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you're the son of God, come down from the cross. The chief priests, the scribes, the elders also mocked him, saying he saved others, he cannot save himself. He's the king of Israel, let him come down now from the cross and we'll believe him. He trusts God, let him deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I'm the son of God. Verse 44 of Matthew 27 says, And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Jesus has these two robbers. That's what their title is. They're known as robbers. That term robber in, in the New Testament scripture that's used here, that term that's used for it holds with it not just a, a thief that would uh, you know, break into someone's home while they're asleep. They'd steal something and they'd exit real quick and, and, and take the possession. The term robber as used here brings with it a sense of, of really brute force as they took what they wanted to take to the destruction of others. And the way they're characterized is as criminals, as robbers. 
That's the title that's given to these two individuals on the left, left and the right of Jesus that are crucified with him. And Matthew's account says the robbers, plural, who were crucified with him, reviled him in the same way. In Luke's account, he, he also gives an account of what's going on here. And he says in Luke chapter 23, following all the mocking and everything that was going on, Luke's going to give an account. Listen to what Luke says. One of the criminals who were hanged, railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. Luke accounts for one of the criminals that was doing this. Matthew accounts for both that were doing this. But here's what's interesting to me. Something changed with one of the robbers along the way. Because listen to what Luke says. One of the criminals who were hanged, railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Something changed for this thief, this robber, this criminal, as he was hanging on that cross next to Jesus. Something changed. Because this man who had the title of robber, of criminal, that was hanging on that cross next to Jesus, at some point in time when he was on that cross, I I would love to know what all Jesus said to these robbers. I would love to know what he proclaimed. I would love to know the background of these robbers that had they heard of Jesus? Had they been witness to any of the miracles of Jesus? Had they heard the testimony of Jesus? We, we don't know, but what we do know is this, that this robber would confess Jesus as Christ, as Messiah. He would defend Jesus and recognize the innocence of Christ. He's done nothing wrong. He would turn to Jesus prior to Jesus dying and say to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That terminology, that phrase is a confession that Jesus Christ is king, Messiah. He says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. You don't say that to someone who is a nobody, okay? You don't say that as you're dying on a cross next to uh, an individual that's dying next to you and, and look at that person who's not a king, And has no kingdom and say, hey, remember me when you enter your kingdom. There was belief on the part of this man. And here's what I love about this. And this goes with the point of stealing's part of our past, not our present as believers. The one who had the title of criminal, of robber, the one who was crucified with Jesus that was guilty and admitted his guilt. This is how he will forever be remembered as far as his final statement that was made about him. Today, you will be with me in paradise, Jesus said. This is, this, is a, this is just a beautiful statement that Jesus makes, and it shows the reality of what happens when we know Christ as Savior. An individual who in his final moments was given the title of robber, criminal, believed in Jesus Christ. And the closing statement Jesus would make about this man is as one who will inherit paradise. That's incredible. And that is only possible through Jesus Christ. And yet, do we recognize, do we realize that is true of every one of us who know Christ as Savior today? That we have gone from criminal, guilty, deserving of death to today, you will be with me. One day you will be with me in paradise. See, this is part of our past, not our present as believers. 
And number five, stealing is a characteristic of our enemy, not of our Lord. Stealing is a characteristic of our enemy, not of our Lord. In John 10, Jesus will describe himself as the door. He'll describe himself as the good shepherd. And he will talk about false teachers and false prophets and false leaders, false shepherds that will come. And he says that they come to the thief. He describes them as thieves. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You see, it's a characteristic of the enemy of Christ, of the false teachers of Christ, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It's not a characteristic of our Lord, nor should it be a characteristic of you and I. It's who we were, not who we are. It's part of our past, not our present. It's part and characteristic of our enemy, not of our Lord. Maybe this morning you don't struggle with stealing, but there's something else that's not a characteristic of the Lord, but of the enemy that you struggle with. Understand that God sees and God knows. And maybe today is a day that there needs to be confession and and a, a turning, a repentance of that sin. And I shared at the beginning of our time about illustration about my daughter, Leah, who was stuffing that mirror into her sock. Here's what amazes me about this, and she's only four, so I get it. But in her mind, she had that thing in her sock, and she thought no one would see it. You look at that little sock, and you can completely see the round mirror part in that sock. And it was even sticking out some because it was too big for her sock. But in her mind, she stuffed that in there and thought no one would see and no one would know. Aren't we like that with our own sin before God? He sees. He knows. We cannot hide it from him. Everything is revealed before our God. Everything. That's why grace, the unmerited favor of our God, the mercy of God, God withholding from us what we deserve, is something that today and every day we give thanks for. Because apart from him, we're lost. We're condemned. Quickly as we close, let me just give five quick actions to take. You can jot these down real quick. Number one, don't steal. If you're stealing, stop it. Okay? Don't steal. Don't take something that's not yours. Some of you are like, well, I've never, you know, walked into Target and grabbed something and stuffed it in my purse and left, so I'm good. How about your time? How about your employer? How about when you're supposed to be doing something you're not doing and you're getting paid for it? How about those little things that no one really sees, but we see and we know, and there's even a little bit of conviction maybe about we probably shouldn't do this, but no one will see. God sees and God knows. Don't steal. Quit stealing. Number two, love God and love others. Love God and love others. Yes, we obey the commands of God and the commandments of God because he's given to to us, but why do we obey? Because we believe and love our God. So seek to love God and love others. I guarantee you something. Listen, everybody look up here for a second because this is something I think we need to hear. I guarantee you that if you and I are loving God and loving others the way God is intended to, for us to, we won't be stealing from others. We won't be hateful towards others. We won't be doing things for self rather than others. So seek to love God and love others this week. Number three, trust the Lord in all things. It's so easy sometimes to want to take matters into our own hands or to justify actions that we think at the time we should take. But listen, there's never a time that there is actual true justification for breaking the command of God. And so we want to trust God with all things. Number four, do good. 
Paul emphasizes in Ephesians 4, don't just not steal. Good for you. Give yourself an ovation for not stealing, but seek to do good. Don't just be satisfied with not stealing. Give to the Lord and to others in seeking to do good. And number five, imitate Jesus. Examine our own lives, our hearts, our minds, and say, hey, are there things, characteristics about my life or things that I'm participating in that they do not characterize my Lord, they characterize the enemy. And if that's the case, make some adjustments and some changes. This is something that the world and those that don't know Christ are not going to prioritize. But that's not the standard that we follow. We follow the standard God has given to us. So the eighth command, don't steal. Stop doing it. Love God and love others. Trust him. Do good. Imitate Jesus so that he's glorified. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the commands that are given. And thank you for grace, God. Um, What the Ten Commandments shows us over and over again as we study it is that we are incapable of perfectly keeping them. Not one of us can perfectly keep your law, uh, God. And, And that's what you actually tell us in your word, that the law was to be a schoolmaster, a tutor, to point us to Christ. God, we're guilty before you, but thank you through Jesus. We are made right. I pray that you'd forgive us for when we fail, because we do. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us the strength and the wisdom, the resolve to live for you, God, and that we would be regularly modeling Christ so that we could glorify him. We thank you and we love you. In Christ's name, amen.